you know, Jesus was a carpenter. He was. Back in the day, after, you know, he came back from the dead and, and did all that, the miracle stuff where they're like, hey, I'm, you know who made this chair that's in my house? Hey, Ishmael, Josiah, look at this chair. You know who made this? <laughs> a guy who rose from the dead, that's who. No, but hang on, hang on, hang on. It would get, it would be worse. It would, wouldn't it devalue it? Because if you have like fancy art and then the artist dies, it goes up. The value goes way up, right? But then if he came back to oh life, oh my like, gosh, but he wasn't dead. He was alive. Yeah, he came back to life. You'd be pissed. But then <laughs> is it, it, when they, when they die, is it because, oh, that's a good question. Welcome to, welcome to Christ Talk. Um, your <laughs> post, Christ Corner. Your post <laughs> Lenten podcast. Welcome to Christianity Corner. I'm Ryan Drake. Let us, let us know in the comment section. You know, smash that subscribe button. If you had a rocking chair made by Jesus Christ, when he came back from the dead, would that raise or lower the value? Let us know. California. up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to the OC bitch. It's keeping up with the Coens, season two, episode six. Is this episode six? Yep. Wow, episode six. Six weeks in a we row. We've been chugging along. My name is Ryan Drake. I'm coming to you from beautiful Oklahoma City, the other OC. Um, the only non-beautiful part of this city is the third wheel. That was mean. You didn't even deserve that. That was too mean. I'm, that was too mean. Arguably, I'm, I'm, I'm classically attractive. I'm just insufferable. Okay. That is, of course, the voice of our third wheel. New Dylan, old Dylan. I don't know who it is. Hello, Dylan. Who are you today? Well, I am double-vaxxed Dylan, so we'll see if I turn into a crocodile um, halfway through this recording. Um, we already know I'll reuse jokes because I said that one the first time I got vaccinated. But um, I just I have to say, double-vaxxed Dylan fights back. And I got to say, Ryan, that's pretty strong words coming from a guy who's currently recording from his parents' house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I ran out of money and my mom took me in. So it's great. <laughs> Happy to be here. Uh, this podcast is in cutting it for me. Um, I want to say hello. Please feel free to chime in at any time to the Helium Queen, our favorite person. It's, of course, Chelsea Trinidad from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Chelsea. Oh, you guys are so sweet. I was just going to let you guys riff all night and I was going to go take a nap. Hey. That, I feel like you're going to do that anyway. That's what you do most of the time. On this, yeah, that's what you do on the show, right? I have such good notes this time. You guys are going to be blown away with my hot takes. Really? Well, you watched, so Chelsea let us know that she watched the episodes twice. I did. Before this podcast. I barely watched them once before recording this. So we're going to actually see how far down the quality in the episode. It is crazy how much I feel like I know everything about the OC I've seen it so many times and yet these episodes I do just don't remember them and I don't think that's me being old I think I just have seen I just don't fucking remember them and I'm I'm surprised when things happen I go oh my god I don't remember that there was a big big moment of that that happened that we'll get to uh, the second episode today Mm. but it's just crazy how much I don't remember shit from this season specifically well I I, I can understand why some people got kind of frustrated and quit watching this season just because there's about a six episode stretch, which we're in the middle of, where it's it's kind of like the exact same things happen in every single episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I feel like we are on the, the very middle of that. So now we're going to have one more disc of kind of the same storylines, like weirdly not going anywhere. And then we'll see some progress afterwards. So, mm-hmm. um, but being said, I rewatched twice because... 
Um, I was like, there's actually some good meat in here if you're like patient enough to see it. But initially, after rewatching, I sent the boys a text message. A text message that was like these episodes, and I sent the snail emoji. Yeah, they they are very slow in these episodes. I feel like. I don't know. Maybe this is just a trend that I'm noticing when the episodes get boring or we feel like nothing really happens. I feel like in the most boring episodes, the most stuff happens in the Seth summer storylines, because I feel like with exception to what they have going on, everything else was just kind of, you know, like you said, the same stuff happening over and over like, uh Oh, Caleb's still mad. Well, he might not be mad. Nope. nope he's still he mad, mad again. Yeah. Oh, are Ryan and Lindsay dating? Are they taking a break? Are they having some distance? Is he trying to woo her? Like, we've seen the same episode eight times now. I've, I've noticed something, too, and maybe it's because I'm just watching these so regularly now. I've noticed, I've always noticed that Lindsay has this weird facial tick where she'll, like, close her eyes, open her mouth, and, like, shake her head. And, again, this is an audio medium, but I'll show you guys. She goes, like, she goes... Oh, she does. And then she just, and, 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 and then she, she closes her mouth. With her, her voice in the back of her throat. Yeah, Ryan does this thing where he like, he'll like open his mouth, like he's about to go, hey, but then his tongue will do something weird and he'll close his mouth. I don't know what it is. He'll just be like, and it's like, Ryan, what are you doing? I've noticed again, neither of these things. I, you guys are too, you guys are too deep in it right now, I feel like. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna notice it now. It's like that episode of Sex in the City where Carrie starts seeing all the playing cards around New York. You're going to start seeing Ryan's weird tongue and, <laughs> and Lindsay's weird thing every time you watch it. Oh, no. We do say, I noticed when I was editing the last episode, we say the same things so many times, just like the show does. Like, we say the same jokes so many times. <laughs> oh, we'll no. say, like, oh, Oh yeah, we say the same things like four times in a season. So I understand why why they're stuck because we're also stuck. Let's get unstuck, shall we? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Actually, now that you like pointed it. it out, I'm being very conscientious about how many times I say weird. <laughs> hey, that's absurd. Well, no, I, yeah, no, absurd. no, weird is good. I've I've leaned into weird. I say weird all the time for everything. Everything's weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just I noticed when I was editing that when you when you asked Dylan on the last episode I edited, you're like, what's your what's your thing about Occam's razor and whatever? And oh, I was like, yeah. we've had we had this conversation twelve yeah. times. Yeah, it's I, I think that joke. The first time I made it, I was proud. The second time I made it, I was forgetful. And the third time I made it, I didn't care about anything anymore. Well, so. we need to just ham it up down. more so it becomes more of a bit instead of an accident. That, that that's that's the thing is is. <laughs> If you repeat the same thing over and over and do it in a higher voice, it becomes a bit yeah. as opposed to just us being in our thirties and, uh, and our antidepressants being a little bit and off senile. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I feel like that was a good intro. Let's get into the episodes. We're covering episodes 11 and 12 of season two today. Um, there are 24 episodes of season Dylan. I think they're 20. Yeah. 24, 24. So we are at our halfway point. Mm-hmm. Wow, halfway through season two, not a lot has happened. So let's get into episode number 11, The Second Chance. Uh, the Second Chance features Sandy Cohen on screen for 10 minutes and 16 seconds. Dylan, do that thing I like. February 3rd, 2005. Do you remember where you were? I was probably watching this episode when it originally aired on the AOC. It originally aired to 7.25 million viewers, and interestingly enough, was written by two people, Drew Greenberg and Josh Schwartz. Two people so, to write this episode? Yeah. It wow. reminds me of like in, in Doctor Who episodes or in like the X-Files episodes where they have like a big, intense theme that carries throughout the entire season. They bring in the main showrunner to write a little bit of it. So I don't know what the deal was here, but yeah, it took two people to write um, an episode that deserves no second chance after watching it once. 
Uh-oh, everyone. After hearing about Lindsay and Ryan's failed attempt at dinner with Caleb the night before, Kirsten arranges a dinner that she can supervise. But her presence makes no difference when Ryan and Caleb butt heads and disaster strikes. Sandy keeps Rebecca's presence in Newport a secret from Kirsten after deciding to take her case to court. Marissa and Alex Jones's relationship intensifies while Summer and while Seth and Summer spend a lot of time together at Zach's insistence. So the open of this episode is Sandy sneaking in. He's coming home early from the night from the long night the night before, and I already have uh, questions um, yeah. because he gets in. And as we'll later see, he sneaks into the house. Seth is complaining that he has nothing to complain about, but he catches Sandy sneaking in. And Sandy sneaks in because, we, as we know, we left off. He had to go talk to Max, and he was like, oh, Rebecca's here. Holy shit, Rebecca's here. Um, he sneaks in, and then Rebecca immediately calls him and says, hey, can you meet up? And he's like, yeah, 9 a.m., I'll see you there. And I'm like, did they not just leave each other? Like, what the fuck were they doing all night long is what I'm confused. It's like I'm just like trying to put the pieces together. I, I, I don't understand that, and I don't understand how Kirsten is just, like, super chill about this all of a sudden, considering how on edge she was. Well, she thinks she's dead. But but I would still kind of be like, but why is he out all night then if if this person's dead? Like, what's what's the deal here? What does he have to work on? And then I also, many of my notes in both these episodes is all caps saying, Oh my God, Sandy is lying. He's immediately lying. I hate this story so much. That's going to be a refrain. This story is so fucking bizarre. The story is so weird. Uh, let's lead into weird that it's just, it's, it's uh, almost funny. Like, it's so unbelievable that I kind of like it. It's okay. So only on TV shows do they do the thing where it's like, oh, my husband's working so late and got up so early. I didn't notice. Like, because that, that happens in Mad Men also. And I think it happens on um, like Billions or some other show I've been watching. And I would freaking notice if my husband didn't come home. I don't know. I maybe well, she not did. A- I mean, she was up and she noticed. She came in. It's like, hey, well, you've been gone all night. I'll, that, that, that also oh, doesn't that? make sense. Yeah, I mean, that also doesn't make sense on Sandy's part. They're like, why he was sneaking in, knowing that Kirsten was like already up. She knows that he didn't come home. I don't know why he feels like he has to sneak around. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, I have that broken down into storylines. I will start with my favorite, which was Ryan, Lindsay, and Kirsten. Yes. Uh, and Caleb. So Ryan tells Kirsten about the dinner that he had with Caleb and how he basically thought they wanted money. And I have a very important question for you guys, because uh, Kirsten says something along the lines of he must have got her confused with his other daughter. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So when the the pandemic started, one of my favorite TikToks, this is a sidebar, when the pandemic started, (laughs) one of my favorite things on TikTok was just a woman. I laughed so hard when I saw this. It was just a girl who was like staring into the screen and she goes... Did anyone tell the Amish? And I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> but I got that. But I got that same. <laughs> I got that Dylan's same vibe in this scene. I know, Dylan, come back. Come back to us. Uh, I got that same vibe in this scene because when she said that, I was like, holy shit. Did anyone tell Lindsay that Haley exists? Or did anyone tell Haley that Lindsay exists? Like, did they know about each oh. other? I don't think they Ooh, do. Ooh, and they're both two redheads. I'd get some phone, or like a little bit of jealousy if I were them. No, I feel like they would love each other. I feel like they would hang. They would vibe. I feel like they, they would, would be vibe. good you together. Think? Better than Lindsay and Kirsten and better than Haley and Kirsten, honestly. I guess Haley <laughs> is a lot more relaxed. Like, you know, Kirsten was kind of like, oh, should I accept this daughter? And Haley would immediately be like, oh, this is my sister now. She would yeah. also maybe, she might even help the relation. Like, my mom's a middle 
child and it's all daughters. And like she bridges the gap between the older sister and the younger sister. So maybe if Haley were back, nay, maybe if Haley and Tate were back, this kind of stuff wouldn't be. Well, happening. I've already discovered that Tate probably would just try to hook up with Lindsay because that's what he, he loves the nickel, the nickel DNA. The nickel but, girls. But yeah, I would love to see. I, we never get to see it because I don't think Lindsay sticks around that much longer. But we never get to see uh, Haley and Lindsay together as sisters, um, which I feel like would be fun. I would watch that spinoff show. Um, so Kirsten creates another dinner party for them to all hang out. One, like I said, she can supervise. Um, Ryan makes a fun Luke Skywalker reference, Dylan. I'm sure you have thoughts. He says, even Luke Skywalker was happy to have a father, even though his father was Darth Vader. I liked the reference whenever he posited it, whenever Ryan did. But when Lindsay followed it up, she said, and I quote, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader fought each other with lightsabers until one of them died. Which we know is is not, which we know is not true. It's not true. It's false. And it's incredibly misleading. Vader wasn't killed by Mm. Luke. He was killed by force lightning, saving his son from the emperor. So, Lindsay, if you're going to be nerdy, you got to go all the way. Those are my thoughts. So that's why Lindsay and Seth would have never worked. Yeah. But so <laughs> Ryan, and Ryan invites Lindsay to the dinner at the Cohen's house. She says no. Uh, next thing you know, Kirsten's at Caleb's office. They forget they, they do work together. So they're at work together. Um Caleb knows some bullshit's afoot. And so he just starts overly complimenting Kirsten, his fetching beautiful daughter. And he refers to Ryan as an inland street thug. I love that. Yeah. As an Oklahoman, because we all are. (laughs) Um, Lindsay decides she's not coming to dinner. Ryan didn't tell Kirsten that Lindsay wasn't coming to dinner, apparently, because the next scene is them going like, oh, my dad will be here any minute. And Ryan's like, oh, Lindsay's not coming, by the way. Like, what? Yeah, and then he, he says she's not coming and, and Kirsten goes what about the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker thing and Ryan goes oh yeah she poked a serious hole in that analogy and I'm like so much heartache could be saved if people just watched Return of the Jedi that's that's literally what that this episode was your take. is about that was your, that's what you walked away thinking that's what I took from this and to get good at pool in case I need to defend my wife's honor one day, if we ever do make money, we should do a bonus episode where we do live commentary over a Star Wars movie. Just I would love to hear Chelsea's thoughts. <laughs> yes, oh, no. I want no, Chelsea to don't. watch the prequels. Yes. Oh yeah, Chelsea's prequels. Dude, episode two. Oh, so good. Okay, uh, but so again, the timing of this is weird because Caleb's on his way. Ryan's like, she's not coming, and it's like, oh, you probably should have told Kirsten this. I don't know any other time besides right now. But Kirsten still has time to go to Lindsay's house. Catch her plague the oboe. Love a double read. I la- I laughed <laughs> so hard in that episode, and I have two lines of ha 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 in my notes. She says Lindsay plays the oboe. I wrote then, Lindsay uh, play an oboe like a nerd, and I said, "Oh wait, I, uh, Ryan played wow. that." That's right. I also would like uh, would like to take this time to say there was a very special bit of dialogue. Um, where Kirsten says, you know who likes Brahms? And I just want to say, we here at Keep, Keeping Up With The Coens love Brahms. Today's episode is brought to you by Brahms, ice cream and old-fashioned hamburgers. If you're in Oklahoma, it's Brahms. All right, I apologize. I ate a chicken tender dinner like, th- oh, like twice dindy, a dindy week. with a snack. For those of you outside of Oklahoma, of which I don't think there are any of you, there is a special meal at Brahms that you can get, and it's a chicken finger dinner, and it comes with a chocolate snack pack. Yeah, and it comes in this special tray. Like, they made this corgit specially for this meal. You get, tray? like, a Hawaiian roll and a uh, chocolate snack pack, a little pudding, mm. and 
gravy to dunk your chicken and french fries in. It's pretty fantastic. Listen, since, we're on, oh, yeah. since we're on the subject, I've always wondered, did they have to work out a deal with like the pudding man? Because they just like take them, did they buy them at the store and just throw them into their thing and charge people for it? Like, I, I think so. Or they so. go to Sam's. I mean, they, don't, they don't have that not for resale sticker on them, do they? I'm going to start selling pudding. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> so I was really? going to say, I guess that they should have a uh, nutrition label, technically. I'm going to buy all the pudding <laughs> in Oklahoma City and then upsell it to Brahms at a, at a high price. <laughs> we should have. We should start a Patreon and a pudding is one of the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> on the $1 tier, you get pudding. On the $2 tier, you get pudding and your name read. One of my favorite memes to go around because I remembered this scene and I was so obsessed with it. I searched all over the internet for it and couldn't really find it, but now it's a full meme meme you can look up anywhere but um it's on the rugrats where uh stew is trying to take care of angelica who broke her leg and he's making chocolate pudding in the middle of the night indeed he's like stew why are you making oh, pudding yeah. in the middle of the night and he goes because i've lost all control of my life and like <laughs> it's so it's like so relatable to, to us i feel yes. like I completely forgot yes. the mom's name is Dee Dee until just now. That just <laughs> unlocked so many memories in my head. It's on um, oh, Paramount Plus, so I've been rewatching. We we just watched the episode yesterday where uh, Chucky swallows a seed, and that's kind of he thinks it's gonna grow inside of him. Yeah, I mean, because he like he's like <laughs> breathing, and he go he they go through his nasal passages, so they go through all of his boogers, and then they land in his lungs. And and then they, they somehow like land into his blood and like they're on a platelet like it's a floaty. It, it was just I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome. But watching it as a grown up, I was like, I'm kind of grossed out right now. That series ruined my social life when they named the kid Dill Pi- Dylan Pickles. <laughs> so everyone called me Dill Pickles and people still do. Boy. This is why these episodes it. take three hours to yeah. record. <laughs> yep. Come Tune in the, next yeah. week for, for keeping, up, keeping for... up with the Fensters coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> the only good, the, the... truly the only good like Hanukkah story as a child came from the Rugrats. Huh? Um, okay. That's, so, that was like my only Jewish education. I, a lot of people had that. I, I, I know. I'm aware. Mm. It was a big moment for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lindsay's playing the oboe. <laughs> Lindsay's playing the oboe uh, in her. Like I would never practice a saxophone in my house because I just knew like my parents were home. The house that I'm in right now. Um, and get too sexy. <laughs> I didn't want to get too horned up. <laughs> but it was just weird. I just could never play at the house. But uh, Kirsten stops by, talks her into coming to dinner. Wow, big big moment. Um, so now it's dinner. The family loves Brahms, is what I wrote. Caleb has <laughs> box seats at the Hollywood Bowl, which is incredible. They have. Like the mm-hmm. best concerts at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. He says they don't have music in Chino. And then he just like goes in on Ryan. He just like attacks him yeah. verbally. I don't remember exactly what he said. Basically, the same type. He says, like, you're living in my house under my roof. You started, yeah, a fight. So you started a fight at my man of the year party. You burned down my model home. That was ridiculous. I also didn't really like that their dining room was carpeted. What happens if the food gets in the carpet? I'm going to edit that out. Okay, moving on. Well, it just okay. So that scene frustrated me because, like, Caleb has never said a word to Ryan. He's never uh, expressed an opinion to Sandy and Kirsten about Ryan. Like, it seems very random. Um, and I feel like they kind of tried to explain it away by Ryan says something like, "You can try to hide from Lindsay by making this about me," in, which I think is probably the best explanation of why he literally never paid attention to Ryan until this very minute. But I do think that's a bit of. Um, continuity that they kind of flubbed on well he's he said that the reason he's that way is that he's really protective of his family and he's also 
I think we can agree very protective of his money and his like his wealth. And I mean, it doesn't excuse the fact that he's never given this guy a chance, but it is kind of, it was kind of ridiculous in this scene more than others that he's doing it not only in front of Lindsay, because I mean, it's Lindsay, but he's doing it in front of Kirsten. Um, which I thought was kind of the most obnoxious part and of she was chill. Scene. She was just like sitting back going, you're so out of line. But she was just like chill about yeah. it, which was pretty funny. She loved, she loved it. Um, well, in the midst, so Caleb's going in on Ryan talking some shit. Ryan steps up. Like he's about to go full <laughs> Dylan versus Ryan Drake in the boxing match. <laughs> he fucking steps up <laughs> and uh, the fear of God comes over Caleb and he has a heart attack because of that. And as he is falling to the ground, he hits his head. By the way, prop the good job. I'm glad the I'm glad the floor was carpeted because of that. Um, Not yeah, I have to leave your dumb joke in now. Um, yep. <laughs> he hits his head on the carpet, and as he's doing so, he pulls the he pulls all the food and drinks off the table. So, oh, so Dylan, so Dylan's point was a good one. Yeah, rest in peace to that yes. fondue. <laughs> R.I.P. Fondue. Get cheese out of carpet. They're gonna have to replace the carpet in that room. Wow. If only um, they had money. Well. <laughs> <laughs> My money. So Caleb had a heart attack. Uh, he's at the hospital. The, the The family is there. Sandy's suspiciously not around for a lot of this. Um, but the family's there. Seth, Ryan, Kirsten, and Lindsay. Um, so in what is basically a repeat of Luke after he gets shot in season one. Oh, my gosh. What? I have the same note. But he had a heart attack, not a personality attack. <laughs> I it oh, close. I said Caleb is having his Luke moment. Luke got shot, and the personality in Caleb had an attitude attack. Yeah, Caleb has just decided, which doesn't really make sense. Like he's decided he's going to be a good dude now. Like I guess to everyone except Ryan, because he's still a dick to Ryan. But he decides, like, oh, I want to be better to my daughter. So he apologizes to uh, Lindsay and Kirsten, and Lindsay forgives him. And great seed because they're they're there holding his hand. Lindsay yeah, says they're something like crying like, and holding hands. I didn't like it. I thought this scene was very queso. I thought him waking up and magically being nice was like straight out of Grey's Anatomy or something. I don't know. I was straight out of season it. one of the OC. But uh, <laughs> no, but no. So the, the fun, the best, the scene was great because as they're sitting there holding his hands in the background, you just see Ryan walk past the door with a bunch of coffee, and then he looks in the door for a minute, then he just continues walking past the door. <laughs> I feel like this is this isn't in this grouping of storylines, but it's very very closely connected. And I just have to say it because I think I'm willing to bet that you probably picked up on this too, Ryan, because you like throw away Marissa lines that end up being really funny. And it's when she and Summer are talking, and and Summer's making the cape for Princess Sparkle, and Summer's like, "Shouldn't you be like at the hospital or something?" I'm so sorry. What's going on? And Marissa just goes, "Uh, "Whatever. It's just Caleb." (laughs) I laughed so hard. Marissa was bringing good energy. This I, episode. Marissa is like my MVP of these two episodes. We'll get to this yeah, later. Yeah, mm-hmm. Marissa's storyline's fun. So good. Okay, so uh, they are—they're all forgiven. Whatever. Ryan has the coffee. He walks past. The next time we see them, so by this time, Kirsten has gone home. Kirsten's at home talking to Sandy about making dinner because we see that scene. And Sandy's mm-hmm. when Sandy's like, "Well, I gotta go," and she's like, well, "I'm gonna get some spruce things." So she goes to the grocery store. She's left the hospital a long time ago but then we mm-hmm. come back to ryan still at the hospital just asleep and i was like how long has he been there he's been there for so long he's like asleep oh now yeah. he's like huel in the hotel room 
Yeah. <laughs> He's just swimming in money, um, Caleb's money, which is the crux of their conflict. But uh, Lindsay comes by and then she she drives him home in what I thought was a different weird car. Did you see this? Yeah, this, I, I this don't car know was white. what this car Her is. original weird car was yellow, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it was. Maybe her original weird car was originally white, and she just got it uh, detailed because she knew Caleb was going to see it. So maybe it was the same car, just cleaned. Um, but I don't know what the situation yeah, was. Yeah, she drove home in a weird car. It's no, it wasn't. I just well, to me, it wasn't the same that we saw the first time we saw her. This, is, this show, this show is about weird cars. That's what I'm now realizing at the end of everything. If you're an ant, you have a weird car. We well, by the end of the series, we will have found a way to be like, oh, it actually is about weird guys. This we've uncovered the <laughs> secrets of the OC. Uh, as she's driving him home, she's dropping him off, and she basically says, you know, Caleb, Caleb's a good guy now. Caleb's a good dude now. So we can't date anymore. Which I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. So she How decided, many yeah, times she, have they had this conversation? I'm so sick of it. Right, she says she needs time it's, off, and I just wrote, shocker, they're off again. So that's, I guess that's what we're supposed to believe is that they're just kind of they're done for now. I had a note about this because this really annoyed me. I said, how do we feel about Lindsay choosing Caleb over Ryan, like on a whim? Wow. And why are they taking a break? Just don't have Ryan go to stuff with Caleb. It's not like you live with Caleb, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah it's like for some reason it's him. so important to her that Caleb likes Ryan and she'll only date Ryan if Caleb likes Ryan, I guess. Yeah, I that's annoying. It. And that like, I just said it so like, hey, okay, we need some space. Like, I don't, maybe they're more mature than I was, but if I was kind of like, okay, I'm busy with this, I would just kind of distance myself and then come back. But I don't know, maybe I was, maybe I was a ghoster in my past and just now realizing it. Oh boy, here comes mm. more Chelsea therapy. Buckle I know, up. I'm, <laughs> wait, I'm waiting here. The hair on my arms just <laughs> stood up like it's about to be a thunderstorm. <laughs> Ten minutes from now, she's going to be like, actually, now that you brought up ghosting, I'm like, I didn't bring up ghosting. I did ghost that one guy. Let's talk about it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's another bonus Patreon episode is me doing a one band show of me doing the show with Chelsea. Okay. The next storyline we have, the next storyline that we want to talk about, that I want to talk about is Sandy. Sandy's all alone in this episode for the most part, as far as our main characters go. Um, mm-hmm. Can we all just agree up front that we hate Rebecca? She's fucking terrible. Hey, Rebecca. Hate the Rebecca storyline. It annoys me. It's boring. Mm-hmm. So Sandy meets Rebecca at the pier. I guess immediately after he got home from seeing her, he leaves again to go see her again. Uh, she's asking him questions that you would ask someone when you first see them again for the first time. So I'm at like, what the fuck were they talking about all night when they were together all night? She's asking him like, oh, are you married now? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how did this not come up in the eight hours you spent together the night before? Oh, I know. That bugged me. I will say, I, I hate the storyline, obviously. Like, we want Sand, like, Sandy is our lawful good. So it's really frustrating and disconcerting when he d- does not behave in that manner. Um, I will say, Rebecca is more beautiful and a little bit less annoying than what I remembered. The thing that kind of made this whole storyline make more sense to me is that at one point, Max, her dad, says something like, you know, before you left, speaking to Rebecca, like, we were Sandy's family. And then it all clicked mm. for me. Um, you know, Max. Oh, yeah. Max is the father-in-law that Sandy would have loved to have. But instead, he has fucking Caleb. Oh, mm-hmm. um, wow. Deep takes. Well, you think about that. And then he always talks about how he left uh, his home when he was 16 and moved to the West Coast. So, mm. you know, meeting Rebecca and her dad, who was his favorite law professor that he was close with. 
Um, you can see how he probably did feel like family and felt very bonded to them and just all of that okay, going yeah. away overnight. You know, Rebecca just disappearing. I mean, that had to be traumatic for him. So for some reason, that line hit me different than it had, you know, for the last 15 years of watching the show. Um, it hit different. Yeah, it hit different. <laughs> I I, I guess I just understood why he was so compelled to help and be a part of things. But just it doesn't what I don't understand is why he didn't just talk to Kirsten about like, why wasn't he like, oh, Rebecca's back? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't get that. That's the only thing I don't understand. But it goes back to kind of what we talked about. I mean, the, I think he's doing this thing because we talked about a version of this whenever he was representing Caleb. Whenever he knew about Lindsay, he was representing Caleb and he knew about Lindsay, but he didn't tell Kirsten. And then Kirsten got mad that he didn't tell her. Right. And I remember asking Dylan, what do you do in that situation? Do you tell your wife this very important detail about this quote unquote ongoing investigation or this case that you are now a part of. Um, and Dylan, I think we both came to the agreement that like, you should probably just tell her, even though I guess it's technically illegal, but that's what he tried to hide behind. Now he's just like, well, it's a case. I couldn't tell you because it's like, she has protection or whatever. The second he chooses to break with the technicality for one reason or another, he loses the ability to use that as an argument in the future. Mm. And so I, I just feel like it's like picking and choosing when you're going to bend the rules. Um, and he clearly didn't want to bend the rules this time. But something that really kind of stressed me out and annoyed me is considering at least at this point, Kirsten thinks that Rebecca is dead still. Why is he openly walking at the pier where everyone always hangs out and sees everybody? He's met people there. Like, it yeah. just seems like Sandy is being a little bit too cavalier and or they didn't have as many locations to shoot at. Clay. Well, why yeah. didn't he get her a hotel room like normal person? Well, yeah. And then well. the other thing is, if, if Kirsten's like worried about this, why doesn't... Rebecca just stay with them? They do it's have actually a yeah. great point. I'm, I would be, I feel like that would put her anxiety significantly at ease if she was because then you could just like huh i wonder where my husband is oh they're sitting in the living room yeah that's a great point watching watching gandhi yeah or like make ryan go live in the guest room for a week and send uh rebecca to the pool house you know makes make seth sit in between rebecca and sandy and talk about van helsing yeah. well because that's the other thing they're like oh she's wanted by the feds but like i mean they're not like actively, actively pursuing for her. her so that's that's my next yeah. thing here that's the next note that i have is again for the millionth time in this series the adult storylines to me just go off the rails and do just don't make sense mm -hmm. they straight up just don't make sense and i'm so curious what happened in the writer's room when they write these things mm -hmm. but if we're to believe that rebecca is back for some reason her dad because her dad wanted Sandy to clear her name. So she's back, right? But then as he's talking to her at the pier, she goes, by the way, I'm leaving in two days. And I'm just like, why the fuck are you here at all if you're going to leave in two days? I don't understand. Yeah. Are we to believe that she did not see her dad or Sandy in this whole span of time? Like, she didn't even see her dad. She didn't figure out how to go find her dad. I mean, that's like the ninth unbelievable thing on the list of unbelievable <laughs> things here. But, uh, I mean, that I would believe that over her coming back to do the thing that she's supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden it's being like, well, I have to leave again. And it's like, what? I don't get it. But okay, she's going to leave in two days. And so the next time we see them, they are at Sandy's fixer-upper office. Um, and we get some breaking news, guys. Breaking news. Rebecca did not burn down a nuclear lab. Yeah. Wow, I know, yeah. right? 
So I forget. I forgot that was even what she was fucking on the run for. But apparently she burned down a nuclear lab and ran away to Canada 22 years ago. I had to deeply go back in time to, to remember this. But turns out she actually didn't do that. So, you know, plot twist. Um, but again, it's just like, why the fuck did she run away? Why? I feel like if I was accused of something I didn't do, it'd be pretty easy to be like, well, I didn't do this. But she did not do that. Well, she actually gives us a reason. She said that she would have to testify against a bunch of her friends if she liked to clear her name. That's the, the Kashi 6 9 approach to, uh, to clearing your name is you just start listing everyone off and then you get a sweet deal. Dylan, if you and I were accused of burning down a lab and I had nothing to do with it, I would throw you under the bus so hard, so fast. Oh, well, you would have to do it from under the bus that I already <laughs> thrown you beneath. <laughs> You're like, not if I get there first. <laughs> yeah. I made it to the bus will... stop before you or Seth Cohen. We'll get to that. Um, I will frame you. Yeah. So, again, I'm just lost as to, like, what I <clears> guess. <throat> I don't I don't even care to recap it. She's here. She's leaving. She didn't do the thing she's accused of. Okay. Um, but her dad is there saying, hey, she didn't do it. And that's why we're actually here is I want you to clear her name because she didn't do it. Again, just the verbiage of clear her name. I don't even know what that means, but it's something. Um, Sandy finds her a home in his office. And I wrote, she's no Marissa. She has to sleep yeah, indoors. Yes, she does. Oh, she, has, she hasn't been chipped. That's right. So are we? Double- did she drive from Canada? Like, how did this happen? I don't know. A lot of car, a lot of transportation issues on this show. Bus. When in doubt, it's a bus thing. Yeah, I'm assuming so all these rich people just taking the bus. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Sandy agrees to take her case and she gives him a very long hug. Um, and then we get an incredible Ooh, yeah. dialogue, though. Probably the highlight of the whole Rebecca thing is her talking about ordering Mexican food, drinking tequila and smoking weed. And Rebecca in yeah. 2005, this was a big deal. Just like have weed. Even if you're in California, 2005, that was like a. Yeah. That was a fucking felony, I think. So she had weed, and we we learned that Sandy Cohen in his prime could make a bong out of pretty much anything. Which I know a guy that can do that. Yeah, we have something in common. He, I like how she goes. You could turn anything into a into a pipe, and then she names the two most common things. She goes an apple, a can. Yeah, yeah I know. Those are like Pause. the two easy things that you can turn into a pipe. Like if she wanted to say something like, impressive, something cool. she would have been like a stuffed anteater. Yeah. Yeah, what? I don't know, like a pillow. A pillow? A pillow? <laughs> or like, well, I just that was worse than mine. Just like say something more impressive, <laughs> like a book or like a, the, a, a, pillow. a, a pillow martini bong. shaker. But like she says an apple or a can and it's like, those are the first two things you learn how to make when you're learning how to make oh. pipes. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I don't understand this, but it's happening. Um, she's living in his office now. They're smoking weed, maybe. They're drinking tequila. Out of uh, pillows. Out of pillows. Love a fl- like I said, love a fluffy pipe. Uh, shout out to my pillow, by the way. They didn't capitalize on this. They could have. Trump's gone now, so they don't really have the spotlight anymore. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this has Rachel energy. This is like the same kind of thing Rachel did to Sandy in season one, right? Where they're like working together, late nights, close quarters. There's a parallel there. Um, mm-hmm. But they're like having food at the office, and then she starts making out with him. Oh, my God. I just realized something. I think I figured out, you said earlier, what's the, what's the writer's room like? And the fact, I think that I have been mistaking kind of these plot lines. We, I'm taking our two ideas. So my idea was that 
you know, Josh Schwartz, because he is one of the co-writers on this episode, likes to take kind of themes that he really likes to work with. And then you have the idea of there's kind of like a cycle where it's some characters turn to be bad and some characters turn to be good. And we're almost trying to create like this, this, this sheen of originality based on those two theories. But I'm more convinced now that did you see that episode of South Park where they talk about how they write Family Guy? And they have, they have two giant tanks and each tank has a whole bunch of beach balls with ideas on them. And there's, there's a whale and the whale like, like swims over and points to an idea. So that's what it is. It's close quarters, Sandy's X, close quarters, comic book shop. That's what it is. That's how this show is written. And I am no longer going to forgive Josh Schwartz. The jury is out on whether I'm going to leave that in or not. We'll see how the rest of the episode goes. <laughs> I feel, I wish, oh, I do record these videos, not that any of us would watch them, but I feel like you should watch my facial expressions during all of them, and it kind of tells the full story. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever hear me, I'm if kinda, you ever hear me like pausing, mm. yeah, if I'm pausing and acting uncertain, it's because I'm watching your reactions, and I'm realizing that I'm losing my audience. <laughs> See, with podcasting, I just assume everyone's listening at all times. I can't hear you turn this off. Well, you guys know me. I can go off into a daze at any moment. Chelsea, That's yeah, true. Chelsea's one Dylan sentence away from completely checking out. <laughs> um, next thing we see with this storyline is Sandy's at home. He's making dinner. Kirsten's there. She left the hospital, even though Ryan's still there. Uh, Kirsten's there, and she he's making dinner. She's impressed. She says, "I'm going to go to the grocery store," and they mention sprucing up his office, and so she leaves. Uh, next thing you know, she's calling Seth, or she's calling the house. Seth tries to do a Jedi mind trick where he tries to get the phone, forced to like force the phone over to him. Uh, does not work. That was actually kind of funny. And uh, Kirsten tells Seth, I'm going to your dad's office, but it's going to be a surprise, so don't tell him. So we're all sitting there going, oh shit, I know what's about to happen. And then it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finds Rebecca in Sandy's office. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think this is Seth's fault because Seth, she was going to talk to Sandy at first, and Seth goes, Well, let me see if I can find him. And then he just kind of does the fake, the Seth douchey (laughs) Seth thing where he walks in a circle and goes, Oh, can't find him. I love it. But uh, if only he had gone and found his dad, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. Sandy would have been like, Don't go to the office. Maybe he'd still have a a girl there. By the way, whenever um, he, when when the phone rings and he's in bed, he's drawing, and I looked it up, Eric White. W I G H T did all the comic book artwork in the show. Like the Island of White from the Isle of White. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think he's actually from Pennsylvania, (laughs) which is kind of like the Isle of White. I just know it because of the Beatles song. Oh yes. So we now turn our attention to Seth summer and Zach. Uh, Summer is worried about how Seth is going to draw her in the comic book, but Seth is worried about their chemistry together because it's undeniable guys. Uh, good mm-hmm. news, Zach's dad has an intern whose uncle works at Wildstorm, which is not a real place, right? Ooh. Actually, oh, um, I, should, I, regret, I immediately regret asking. A new segment called Comic Book Second. You did not run this past Wildstorm us. Comics has been an imprint of DC Comics since 1999. It was shut down in 2010, but revived by Warren Ellis in February of 2017. This has been Comic Book Second. It sounded like Thank one you. of those, uh, like, <laughs> symptoms may include <laughs> uh but wildstorm yeah, is a comic book place apparently and i love that zach goes this person pitched them the shape of the idea and i'm like what the fuck is this this would never happen i want to reiterate Mm-mm. we love the oc 
But so many things lately, I just can't help but be like, what the fuck? This is so dumb. Again, yeah. what mm-hmm. the fuck? This is so dumb. He pitched them the shape of an idea of a comic book. So now they have to go to San Diego to pitch it. I'm like, this is, I, I don't know anything about comic books. I know that this is not how it works. Because like, let's just be clear. The shape of the idea of the comic book is literally every comic book ever. It's okay. So you have these teenagers who like have normal lives, but they're also superheroes. Yeah. Like that's the shape of the idea. It's literally a sentence. Like you could email them the sentence. You don't have yeah. to go to San Diego to pitch it to them. Um, that's probably why Wildstorm shut down in 2010. <laughs> this could have been an email. Um, yeah. There's a lot of talk about late nights, high stress, close quarters, uh, which is again. again parallel to Sandy and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And Summer agrees that she's going to be a model for her character. And that's a fun scene. She gets Seth comes mm-hmm. over. She's in a robe. She takes off her robe. She looks mm-hmm. amazing. Um, Seth tries to draw her. They just have a moment together where he has to pose her. And then she starts drawing. It's just incredibly intimate. It's very intimate. He's getting handsy. And there was a nose graze. There was a nose graze. But like as as he was helping her draw and like teaching her and like saying he was actually being cool. Like he was being pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. He was just talking about like the art of drawing. And I was like, this never happened in their relationship. Like this is the opposite of what their relationship was actually like. If it was more of this, they'd probably still be together. No, because he would have still gotten on that dumb boat. He's quoting Picasso. It's <laughs> a great point about the boat. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> So next time we see Summer, she's hanging out with Marissa. That's when Marissa says, it's just Caleb. But she mentions that she's being (laughs) flustered by a bobble-headed geek in size 27 jeans, by the way. 27 is small. It's very small. That's like, I mean, that's kind of what I wear sometimes. For that age, I think when I was in high school, I wore like a size 28 pants. Wow. So it's not that small. Really? I cannot imagine ever being. Did you guys wear girl jeans? I did, I did, yeah, in high school. I worked at PacSun, mm-hmm. which was a very cool place to work, just so you guys know. I also worked at Abercrombie. I, I kind of worked everywhere. but um, And wow. Fitch or just Abercrombie? I worked at Target. <laughs> I worked Abercrombie and <laughs> Fitch. Um, it used to annoy me, though, because I could tell a guy was a scoob if they went into PacSun looking for girl jeans, because PacSun did not carry skinny jeans. They only carried flare jeans. And... You know, you were just doing it all wrong if you're a guy and you were like, oh, I need to wear girl jeans and you got the cut wrong. And I kind of like flares. the flare. I like the flare jeans. Also, I was wrong. I was in high school. I didn't know any better, but I did like them. Oh, I would have. I actually, there weren't many guys that I pointed the right direction. I would kind of just, and then I'd go into Abercrombie and actually that's where you could get nice jeans, but then you were wearing Abercrombie jeans. So it kind of ruined the aesthetic. So it was a pickle. How Ding. how long after a work day did you, did you smell like fierce when you left Abercrombie? Oh man, I Abercrombie was calling me all through college trying to get me to pick up shifts. It was weird. Whenever I get really really sad and I need a pick me up, I just look at a picture of the guy who founded Abercrombie and Fitch, and it makes me so happy. Really, what's he look like? Oh my gosh, it looks this. like if Gary. Yeah. It looks like if Gary Busey got attacked by a plastic surgery monster. No. Here, let me I'm yeah, looking dude, it up. Let We're me all looking this. it up now. I like know. That, what's that his name? Really Is it like me. Joe Abercrombie or Abercrombie and Fitch founder? Oh god. Is that him? <laughs> yep. Oh, Wait, man. share your screen. Oh! Okay. Mike, what is his name? Fitch. Mike no. Jeffries. My Mike Jeffries. His name is an Abercrombie or Fitch? No, he looks like Darcy from 90 Day Fiance. He looks like a drunk, he looks Darcy. like a random, just like drunk NFL coach. 
oh my god, I know who Mike Jeffries looks like. Go on. He he looks like Clay Aiken if Clay Aiken put on the mask. <laughs> did you read that or did you come up with that on your own? That's impressive. Good job. No, Dylan. I just I just thank you. No, I'm I'm looking at the picture where he's wearing Abercrombie clothes. So the big the big deal about this guy is he's the one that said I don't want ugly people wearing my brand. And then he posts a picture like this and he looks like he's going to try and eat stem cells. <laughs> it's just too much. Wow. I'm done with Abercrombie. I like double Thank back Dylan. This is fun. Yeah, this is double. fun. <laughs> All right. This has been an Abercrombie minute. So like I said, back to size 27 jeans. Uh, Summer is flustered uh, by Seth. She admits it. Um, but Seth goes to Summer's house at the end of the episode. And they agree to spend less time together. But uh-oh, everyone. Zach walks in just as they agree to do this to announce they're going to San Diego. Where? Just the three of them. Where does he come Where does he come from? Out of nowhere, he just busts in. He has like one level for this entire episode and half of the first one. And his only thing that he does is he busts into a room really happy to announce something right before a commercial. He's like the Kool-Aid man. He's... He's the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh. All right. This will get us into my personal favorite storyline of this episode. The one which we've is, all uh, been waiting on. Marissa and Alex. Yeah. I Honestly, I forgot. I don't think I ever really cared about them. But like this watch through, I really, really care about them. I fucking love them together. Uh, Marissa is cleaning up Alex's house after a two-woman party. Um, Alex admits that she misses Seth. But I also wrote that you could tell immediately that Alex is so much more into Marissa than she was ever into Seth. Mm-hmm. Like her I know. behavior with Marissa oh. is so different. My line for it was Seth, or sorry, the note I took was Seth was not Alex's boyfriend. LOL, LOL. Like she was the one who kind of referred to him as that, but it was. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's so, just preposterous to consider whatever they were doing boyfriend. I mean, that was like. Like, I think we've talked on the show about, like, a novelty hookup. Like, Seth was very much a novelty hookup for Alex. And Alex was for Seth, too. Um, But the other thing I noticed is, like, something about Alex makes makes both Seth and Marissa want to misbehave. Like, Seth is getting Mm. drunk and stealing cars. And Marissa's like, oh, let's just skip school. You know? I think it's it's different. Because with Seth, he's just trying to prove himself to her. He's trying to be something that he's not. I think mm-hmm. with Marissa, it's just like a sense of freedom. Like, like she finally has freedom to do whatever she wants in the moment because she's not at her parents' house or with her parents. I like that. And I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but in the third season, um, you know, she she dates Volchek, who is very much kind of like an escape thing for her. But like so Marissa hot. with Alex, even though she's like partying, I don't think that Alex is at all unhealthy for her, which is kind of like a weird, like obviously we're seeing Marissa skip school and drink, but I think that Alex was much more emotionally stable than Marissa was probably used to experiencing at the time. Like Alex is a good human. I agree that they were like, she was good for her, even though, yeah, I agree completely. That's a good take. Um, Who's hotter, Volchek or Alex? Ooh, I think Volchek. I think Volchek too, probably. I but Alex is very uh, hot. Uh, yeah, Volchek. Yeah. It's Volchek. Yeah, Ooh, it's, it's, that's, that's he needs hard. to be in March. March Madness, twenty twenty two. Here we I go. I know Volchek. Well, I think that he. But not not Cam Gidget, like Volchek. <laughs> he was. Gidget. He, <laughs> it's like a gremlin. <laughs> I think that's no, his it's, name, it's, isn't it's it? Gig- it's like yeah, French. it's like it's like French. Yeah. Oh. Um, but he <laughs> was on like an Gidget? upward trajectory because he did the OC, <laughs> then he did Twilight, and then he did Easy A, and he was kind of like 
on the up and up. Oh my god, they're all laughing. They don't even listen to me. Dylan thought his name was Gidget. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Gidget. Yes. It's what is <laughs> That's incredible. Oh gosh, it is Gidget Gijane. Gagande. It sounds like it's like the it's a Starbucks secret menu. Cam <laughs> Gidget. We Ryan have to refer to him as right Gidget. Now. There's like oh snot God. coming out of his nose. No, we have to refer to him as Gidget in season <laughs> three. Oh, Dude, Gidget me. kills Marissa. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like the villain in a child like a child story like the Gidget. Um, oh, he, he was in like a series of, of shows though the teens were watching. You know, he was in this, then he was in Twilight, Twilight. and he was in Easy A. And then the word on the street is he like knocked up like a makeup artist or like a hairstylist or like one of the people who like works behind the scenes on the sets. And then after that just kind of fell off the face of the earth. So it's almost like that guy in One Direction who like accidentally knocked up like a hairdresser and then just kind of like everyone knows if you're a celebrity, you cannot knock up a nobody. You have to knock up someone else famous or else you don't get any fame mileage out of it. If that hairdresser listens to this, yeah. I want you to know that you are somebody. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm playing the PR game. You're raising a baby Gidget. <laughs> you're, raising, you're raising Gidget's widget. I'm not going to not laugh at that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is a funny word. Okay. Um, so we see oh, uh, Marissa and Alex together at the bait shop. Uh she Alex has a, a drawing at the bait shop that I think is supposed to be of Luke. He's like the the evil polo player, water polo player. It's supposed to be well, okay. But he knew Alex so, and he worked at the bait shop. He was friends with Zach, I think. And yeah, and and so in the I think it was the last episode in last week's episode, I read off the names of all of the different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach was a bad guy. I don't think Zach is like, in. I don't, I don't think Zach is officially in the comic book. He's probably in the YouTube show, but I don't think he's in the comic book. He's like the business yeah. manager, but like, what what is the firm called that we were talking about? Is it Wildwood? What's it called? Wildwood. Um, yep. Wild, I mean, do they Wildstorm? Like Wildstorm. Wildwood. Like, are they like, oh, Wild good Child. teenage business manager? Exactly what we need on this piece of creative content. Like, I feel like if I was <laughs> Wildwood or whatever Wildstorm, I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Get out of here! No, it's wild. It's Wildwood now. I'm, a, I'm on board with Wildwood. <laughs> um, but this is where we actually wild. get some clarification. I like this scene actually because Alex confirms to Marissa. Marissa asks, "What we all want to know? Like, what's the deal with you and Seth?" And Alex confirms, like, oh, we just kind of taxied down the runway, but we never got off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, so they never, they kind of saw each other. They never dated, really. So when, yeah. like you said, like you said, when she later refers to him as her boyfriend, it's really bizarre. Also, um, a little shout out to the pew, 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 outfit of the episode. Whoa. Um, it is Marissa in the uh, CBGB t-shirt with a skinny scarf. Oh yeah, that's a good look. I did like that. Yeah, Harry Styles look. energy. Yeah, yeah I, great look. That's probably why Alex it liked right it. Right out of Pack Sun. That's an outfit I would have worn on the job. Um, you can tell Alex is getting anxious about the Marissa situation because she asks her kind of like, "What are we doing? Like, what's the big picture here?" Um, and as she's doing that, Marissa kind of backs off and she cancels their little sleepover they're supposed to have that night. Next time we see Marissa is when she says, "I don't care about Caleb," or no, she says, "It's just Caleb." 
She might as well have just said, I don't care about Caleb. It's like that. It's like Jessica Walter in Arrested Development, which is like, I don't care for oh, Job. I love all my children equally. I don't care for Job. <laughs> I love all my children equally. Yeah. She doesn't care about Caleb. Um, Alex goes to Seth's house, and I could not remember if she had never she'd never been there before, right? Uh, she does say like nice house, which implies she had never been there before. But like for her to <laughs> yeah, for her to right. be like, oh, he was my boyfriend, but also I've never been to his house. It was just like okay. But she goes to his house, and this is immediately what I thought of uh, when she whenever she was at the door. I was like, hey, remember Seth? Whenever you were trying way too hard and pushing her away, and everyone was, and I specifically on this podcast is like, just stop, just stop doing things, and she'll come back. And then she, there she is at the front door. All you had to do was chill out. That's dating advice for all, for all the kids out there. If only he listened to this podcast. This little debrief that they have, it did make me see or realize that we never really saw them just hanging out. It was always like right after they got finished hanging out or whether, when they were figuring out yeah. whether they were going to hang out or not. Like we never really saw That was something we talked a lot about last week or the two, two weeks ago. Um, was that like, what is their relationship like? They have nothing in common. What do they talk about? I have mm-hmm. no idea. Um, but even this scene was weird because she comes over and then she leaves within like three minutes. She's like, Hey, bye. Um, but they do say like, we were each other's in between people. Um, finally, my favorite scene of the episode and our musical moment is they're back at the bait shop and Rachel Yamagata is there playing Mm -hmm. again. Shout out to Rachel Yamagata for being the musical moment twice now. Um, the song is called reason why it's a great song and Marissa shows up. She shows up to the bait shop. Um, the crowd is small. There's like maybe 30 people at this show, including Alex and Marissa just kind of walks up to her and they start holding hands and it's very sweet. I was going to say this for the next episode, but I can just say it now because we're about to start Uh the next episode. But, um, something I kind of appreciate about Marissa and Alex's relationship is that they kind of gone for like the very like low hanging, like, Oh, the two hottest girls on the show are making out like, Oh my God, they're making it so sexual. But I felt like this was a very kind of wholesome relationship. Like to me, it's just Marissa is very, very lonely and she seeks companionship in Alex. Like it it seems to be just like, Oh, we have a connection as human. Do you guys have any feelings about this? No, I agree. I really agree because like she, like you said, she's looking for a connection and she even talked about in the scene with Summer, she's like, what if it's someone that you didn't know you wanted to nose graze with? So she is kind of exploring that side of her, I guess, sexuality. But um, at the end, it's not really about that. It's just about a human connection with someone that you really vibe with. And that's how we, that's how we end the episode is them holding hands. It doesn't really make sense that Marissa canceled their date and then immediately came back to hold hands with her. But She's figuring it out. It's yeah. okay. I'll give her a pass. I'll give mm-hmm. her a pass. She's done it pass. less significantly less times than Ryan and Lindsay. So mm-hmm. that gets us through episode 11. <laughs> and that gets us into episode 12, The Lonely Hearts Club. The Lonely Hearts Club features Sandy Cohen on screen for 13 minutes and 16 seconds. Dylan. Wow. Go. This episode originally aired on February 10th, 2005 to 8.15 million viewers. Wow, that's a lot of people. I wonder why. Maybe it's because J.J. Philbin, quickly becoming a podcast darling, wrote this episode. I want to tell you all a little bit about it, if you don't mind. You know, sometimes when love is in the air, 
It's better just to hold your breath. <laughs> That's right, folks. Old Cupid has drawn back his bow for yet another Valentine's Day in the Orange County, but that naked, weapon-wielding cherub's aim is worse than Marissa Cooper's. Sandy is with Avalanche member and Jewish aunt, who's probably way too into Fleetwood Mac, Rebecca. Seth is stuck as a fluffer in the world's nerdiest three-way, <laughs> and Ryan is playing pool for his aunt's affections. It seems like the only relationship working out is <gasps> between two girls? Wow, that will really upset a large portion of the country for reasons that still defy understanding. So, throw back some espresso, folks. Let's completely biff this comic book pitch meeting of an episode. Well done. Um, so, something I noticed about trying both to be of these nice, episodes... Trying to be nice with you. Um, something you. I noticed about both of these episodes is that all of the characters and storylines are very disjointed. Like normally in an episode, we get, you know, Seth and Sandy and Ryan kind of like debriefing on what's going on in their lives and kind of giving each other advice mm. as they're eating breakfast. Um, or they're all sitting at dinner yeah. and kind of have a uh, rendezvous that way. But you, you know, you had four very distinctive storylines and almost none of them um, overlapped. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting one to recap. Um, well, I, I guess say, that was the recap. I just want to say I only have one note for this entire episode. I actually have two. Oh, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I said that because I literally have two. But I just <laughs> want to say one immediately, and we'll get to it when it comes to it. But I just want to say Zach did the polo undershirt again, and I just feel like we need <laughs> an investigation. It. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I I hated that. Once is an accident, twice is an in, is intentional. But I also I want to bring back up um, my favorite uh, anti-vax site, anonymouseagle.com. So I actually found out what this website is. So it's a Marquette Golden Eagles um, like online message board community, and there's a person and infil- on. You have infiltrated. I've infiltrated Marquette, it. like the basketball and, school? Yes. Yeah, good basketball yes. team. And yeah. so our scene opens up and Sandy is going overboard. Sandy has not only bought his wife flowers, he seems to have bought the entire flower Every shop. Every flower. For Kirsten. I, I want a little bit of, of the feminine perspective on this. Um, how do you feel, uh, Chelsea, that Kirsten's reaction was to everything that's going on? Um, well, we're, well, we're kind of like led to believe that she hasn't even confronted Sandy about it yet. So he kind of went over the top without being prompted. And that would immediately, t- I'd be like, what the hell? Cause you know that she knows that her husband doesn't like that holiday. And he went so ridiculously over. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to bring home one bouquet of flowers. Like he brought home every flower in the shop. I don't know. It it just it, it was really strange. Um, I, I didn't get to say this earlier, but I think that uh, the reason why there's so such a little interaction with all the characters during this stretch of episodes is because it wants to emphasize how isolated everyone's beginning to feel. Yeah. Um. And Sandy and Kirsten are obviously the you know the two kind of at the center of this. Man. I don't know. All the flowers. I'd find that to be a bit. Suspicious. Bit, a bit suspicious. That's suspicious. Yeah. So don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be, be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. 
So that's what's going on in Suspicion Town. Um, Sandy is buying all these flowers. Uh, Kirsten brings up, first of all, I've said that, I said this in the last episode um, that we covered, not the last episode of this podcast, but I, I'm not here for Sandy's quote unquote technicality. Like I'm just, I'm just, trust me, I'm not going to tell you this because it's, I don't want you to be an accomplice. I don't want this to be that, blah, blah, blah. But Kirsten brings up another amazing point, which is like, you know, we had dinner together and you didn't say anything about it. And like, I arguably she knew at this point. And so I don't know. I just, I'm not really feeling Sandy right now. Um, she definitely knew, which is even weirder than she, she, but she could have brought it up for dinner too. I, the whole thing is bizarre. The yeah. yeah is so she so was bizarre. like testing him to see whether he was going to bring it up or not. Mm-hmm. And he failed that test. So we're mm-hmm. at Lindsay's house now. And despite the fact they're taking a break, Ryan decides that he's going to be like soups romantic and bring her a single rose and give it to her and he say just something that I want to Sandy's and was like, Oh, they won't notice. Yeah. And he said something that I don't think any dude has ever said in the history of dudes, which is look, I know we were going to take a break, but I just realized tomorrow is Valentine's day. And I think we should be together on Valentine's day. Um, and so that confused me. And so now he doesn't want to go on a break. Um, and Lindsay kind of turns it into a sort of, let's use this as an opportunity for you to get to know Caleb better and for Caleb to like you. And, you know, let's do this. Let's have a good time. And Ryan, um, you know, reluctantly agrees. He's going to try and talk to Caleb. He's going to try and find some common ground. Gee, I wonder how that will go, he asks ironically. So we meet up with Summer and Seth. Um, Seth shows up to her house early because I'm just, I just kind of assume that she has a revolving door in front of her house or her door is just never locked because people just walk in and out at all times and we never once see the step monster. I don't think we do. Do we ever actually meet the step monster? No, I think we, we, do, we see like her. Four, we like see her from a distance in season four during one episode, but that's it. So Seth arrives early uh, before Zach because he wanted to talk to Summer about, I guess, what he's feeling, but he assumes she has to be feeling because it's Seth. And so his emotions are not only valid, but they need to be felt by everyone else um, because that's how the world works. But Summer has like completely switched and is now doing the adult thing. And she's like, okay, we're going to San Diego to pitch this comic. Um, let's focus on that. Let's focus on the business. We can, there's nothing really to talk about. Let's go, let's do this. And they end up going off and, uh, and heading to San Diego, which by the way, is one hour and 20 minutes South of Newport beach. And I, I had a question for you all about this because this note of mine didn't come until later, but this is the point where I think it would be most appropriate to bring it up. Why? I mean, I get Zach kind of, why Zach's going because he's the quote unquote business guy. I get why Seth's going because he's the ideas guy, but like, why is summer going? She's inserted herself into this narrative because she secretly wants to be with Seth and be around Seth. Yeah. So, and she, I mean, she probably just feel also feels weird about them two going and doing things without her since she feels like she's the glue. So in other words, it's almost as if, Oh my gosh. I'm I'm summer in this in this scenario because I guess Ryan in this scenario is the is the Seth. You Chelsea are kind of the Zach, the business side, and then I'm just inserting myself <laughs> into it. This is 
like a very organic, like his, his eyes lit up when he thought of this comparison. Yeah, I, yeah, this is blowing my mind. Okay, anyway, so they end up going. Um, I did love I'm glad, the, I'm glad that you could get that up. Classic Dillabuster. Well, this podcast is much like the theme of the episode, which is all third wheels. There's Sandy, Kirsten, Rebecca. There's Seth, Summer, and Luke. And now there's also Ryan, Luke. Lindsay, and Caleb. Luke! 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 Ah, Luke! Fuck. Luke! They're this. They're uh, they're interchangeable. It's not, it's, listen, it's not as egregious as Dylan saying David Gallagher a couple weeks ago. <laughs> David Gallagher? <laughs> or keeping up with the Kardashians. Dave, yeah. David Gallagher and Cam Gidget like to hang out together. <laughs> so that I love it because that's all I have to do. If Ryan's ever being mean to me, I'll just go Gidget. And then he'll just like disappear for five seconds. It's um, less funny than it was an hour ago. Uh, yeah. God, we've been <laughs> recording for so long. I can't believe it's already 11 p.m. So I... Uh, I did like that Zach brought uh, printed out map quest directions, which is something that no one from Gen Z will ever have to deal with, no, which true. is panicking when you realize you made a wrong turn and having no idea how to fix it. Okay, but what's the stuff that they brought that's on the hood of the that's on the top of the car? Like they have a cardboard cutout of no, summer for they the have pitch. merch already. And like, yeah, how the fuck do they get that made immediately? I've tried to order those; they take weeks. Maybe and maybe they're expensive. Like you go to FedEx, and I mean, they probably cost like two hundred fifty dollars. I I have no idea. And they literally had a bunch of other stuff that they did not use at all in the pitch. Like it was just the cardboard cutout they brought, and they thought that I guess they thought that was going to be it. This whole thing is dumb, but yeah. And so the, was the plan just that they were going to drive up there, pitch it, and then leave? Okay, yeah, I yes, because I thought I thought the same thing that later in the episode when when Zach and Summer decide to stay the night, I was like, that's going to be their third day in a row of wearing the same clothes. Yeah, that's probably their why their plan he... was to go there. They get they get they go. Oh, can't stay today. I've got you a room. Come back tomorrow, and then tomorrow they're like, let's stay again. It's like you didn't plan for this. Well, you it's, it's, it's not that room. far. I mean, I think that it's like driving to Stillwater. It's one hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. So, I Tulsa. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's see what Caleb's doing. So Caleb is complaining because he's being pushed out of the hospital in a wheelchair after having a heart attack. Um, it's a liability thing, bro. Calm down. And Lindsay is being Lindsay and being really nice, saying a lot of things with her eyes closed while she's shaking her head. Um, gets Caleb a care package, and there's some Mad Libs. And there's this stellar line reading from Alan Dale where he acts like he's – I mean, he says that he's never heard of Mad Libs, but he goes, what is this Mad Libs? <laughs> and three people play Mad Libs. Do you so, think he thought it was something to do with, like, like – Democrats. Yeah, I like hope so. Like angry, angry Democrats. Yeah. I mean, we, we do we do find out that uh, that Kirsten is a uh, conservative Presbyterian in the last mm-hmm. episode. Um, so I guess that kind of answers our question on how everyone would have voted in 2016. We but, knew. Yeah, we did in our in our hearts. So the, the the question that I have for for all of this is: there is a line from Caleb that. I think if I knew what it meant, it would be an amazing Caleb line, but I don't, and so it just seems redu- like ridiculous. And pant he, load? No, no pant, pant load is pant load. It needs to be in the OED. I think that should be the next word that should be. We in need the to OED. say that more. I'm gonna try to remember to say pant load from now on. I um, but he says, you know, can three players play this? Because you know, Ryan knows his way around an adverb or is pretty good with an adverb. Mm-hmm. Was that just? Was he just being a, a, a prick, or is there something deeper there? I truly do not know. I was shout out to Schoolhouse Rock. Lolly, lolly, lolly. <laughs> yeah. Adver- adverbs here. Yeah, ad- yeah, adverbs are just what? They, they're words that in the. Describing in the- words. They're words that describe things. I thought that was they an adjective. They modify the verb. 
An yeah. adverb is an L-Y word. So you ran quickly, yeah, so, so you modify yeah. the verb. Yeah, so I, don't, I guess Caleb, Caleb, that joke doesn't make sense. That's like a joke I would make on this podcast, and everyone just smiles and nods and moves on to when Julie... And yet, yet we've spent at least 60 seconds talking about it. Hey, you know what? Julie's back. Yes, finally. I didn't even realize that she hasn't been around lately, you but I was so happy to see her again. You don't real you don't realize how much you miss her until she's gone. Um, I like she Julie back- in this episode. Oh, big, yeah. oh, big. Yeah. She has big helium queen energy. She rolls back <laughs> in from her trip um, to Europe where she's doing a little bit of uh, market research, I guess, for Newport living. And no one is really there to greet her. Um, I thought it was a little bit insensitive that the guy who had heart attack is sitting outside and she immediately pulls down the newspaper and startles him and says, hi. How's, how's the ticker? Yeah. And uh, it's still ticking. And then, uh, of course, Lindsay is there doing her weird I'm now obsessed with you um, thing. And I guess that would make sense. It's her dad. All right. Let, yeah, her, let Lindsay makes live. Sense. I backed off. I backed off. It makes sense. So Lindsay walks out. She's made tuna sandwiches, which is exactly what someone who plays an oboe would make for lunch. Yeah. And uh, Julie starts realizing, oh, no, she's going to potentially, you know, she could take some of the money away when Caleb dies. I got to up my A game. Um, mm-hmm. So she goes in to kind of start hatching a plan with Marissa. And Marissa, as we know, has a crazy new uh, lifestyle. And so she sleeps in until one o'clock. And um, I thought that that's relatable. I thought Marissa was actually being more mean than usual. Cause like, I get if you're going to be mean to Julie, but like, she just got back from Europe. Like, why are you being that rude to her? I, d- I mean, the way that they left things was she just found out her and her dad are like fucking again. And she was being an asshole. Like it, it makes sense. She's allowed to still be mad at her mom. That it's not, okay. it's not like that just goes away. Cause Julie went on vacation. But yeah. okay. the only other note I had for this episode was it was so funny. It was like that, that moment, the episode when Julie says, I did some soul searching and Marissa with her head under the pillows just goes, hope you didn't hurt yourself. <laughs> when I was in Europe, I did some real soul searching. I hope you didn't hurt yourself. I'm trying to talk to you. But but Julie has a really good rebuttal later whenever she threatens to take away Marissa's cell phone and Marissa goes like gets mad says, you can't do that and Julie says oh are you going to throw the bedroom furniture in the pool now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really also, funny also why does Marissa have a cell phone and a blackberry uh one for texting and one for calling ooh is this right in that wheelhouse where you couldn't just do both on one device well i never I had feel- that problem I didn't yeah. either. I just I just learned how to do the one two three one two one two three four five. Yeah, yeah it was T nine. You could T nine, but like, are we supposed? I I'm not sure if the people who wrote this episode know what a BlackBerry is. <laughs> oh my gosh! I feel like I feel like if if you walked up to a Gen Z person and said, "Hey, would you mind uh, T nining some MapQuest directions?" I feel like they would TikTok dance away in fear. And it makes <laughs> me so happy knowing that we're the superior uh, genetic generation. But uh, so saying, yeah, we're not. I'm yawning again. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just that's, that's what happens. That's um, what happens when I, do, I recap. This might be skipping ahead a little bit, but I like whenever Marissa does go out to <laughs> dinner you. with her mom. And uh, Julie's kind of like, Marissa, let me level with you. Here's the deal with Caleb. Like, it's very Lady Macbethian, and I'm here for it. Lady Macbethian. Mm-hmm. I like it. Out, damned spot. So <laughs> Sandy decides that he's actually going to, I don't know, maybe put his side chick somewhere else other than the office that his wife has a key for. And he sets her up at a hotel and she Good. buys him a gift. I was wondering about that. Yep. Gets a hotel um, and uh, sets him up with a gift. Gandhi, 
their first date movie, which come on, let's like, I know what she's up to. Um, the question is what's the worst first date movie you all have ever been? That's on? not the question. That's mine for you. Lady, like, in the, Lady in the water. I walked out. Wow. Did you leave your date in the theater? No, we left together. It was a terrible oh, Okay. Movie. I went and saw Pursuit of Happiness with someone, and I was like, that is not the move. Also, 12 Lincoln. Years a Slave. Lincoln was a bad one, too. I saw 12 Years a Slave. That's a terrible oh. one. You should have, you, that's on you. You should have known better. Yeah. Is, it, is it Seinfeld where he gets caught making out during uh, Schindler's List? Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, off so, air. And I know you guys are going to be like, oh, Loopy Chelsea. But off I, like, air. Died, I died at that. Um, I died at that reference that you sent Ryan. But just like in the last, like 30 minutes after you sent it, I was like, wait, why was I laughing so hard? What is that from? But I know it's from something I watched like this weekend. The OC. The handicap parking thing? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rachel Bilson's, or Summer said that to Zach. Zach said I got yeah. my sister okay. up from the airport. That makes sense. Okay. I thought that for some, okay, wow. never mind. Sorry. You literally wrote great reference. You didn't even know what it was. <laughs> no, I didn't know what reference it was in the minute. And then I forgot. And I was like, was that from Shit's Creek? I like, couldn't remember. Wow. And the second, you, could have re- you could have responded with literally anything else. And it would have been more truthful than what you said. <laughs> no, in the moment I got it. And then I forgot. 30 minutes later, I was like, wait, what was that from? Why was I laughing so hard? <laughs> Great reference. But it's because Zach had to go get his sister. Yeah, we yeah. just told you that. You already forgot yeah. we told you. Okay. Well, I know you said it was from the OC. Be the goldfish. <laughs> but then I remembered exactly what, what it was from. Good Ted Lasso reference, Dylan. Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, we already kind of talked about this scene uh, where Sandy checks in on Kirsten and says, yeah, I put her up in a hotel. Everything's great. How's Mm -hmm. Caleb doing? Is he dead yet? All that. And then he goes, "Um, let's try and find a place the day before. Let's see if McDonald's has any open (laughs) reservations for Valentine's Day. Um, We never really find out. Um, Or actually, we do find out, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there for the reason why. So Marissa um, and Alex are hanging out at the bait shop. They're doing stuff. Um, They're uh, hanging up posters. And Marissa kind of tries to see if Alex wants to go out on like an official first date with her and do stuff like that. Alex kind of gets cagey, gets weird, says, you know, I'm I'm not really chill with first dates on Valentine's Day. Marissa doesn't uh, say let's go on a date. She says, do you will you come to dinner with me and my mom? Which is, I think, different than let's go on a date. That's her saying, like, I need a buffer between my mom and I. Yeah, I mean, I need some social lubrication. Yeah. And will you will you lubricate with my mom between my mom and I? Dylan, you're the problem. I'm well, I, I know that. I'm just I'm just I'm taking the information and feeding it back. But no, Alex does have a cool Dylan where she's Buster. like Yeah, no <laughs> Alex does have a cool response, which is basically like letting her know I thought Alex did a good job and letting her know that like I'm not gonna do that thing with your mom, but I will go on a date with you next week, which I thought was good. Yeah, I thought that was a good way of Alex to kind of like, you know, get herself out of the gray area. Like she was like, I'm going to say it in clear terms. I don't want to do the thing you want me to do. Yeah, but I want to make sure you know that we are going to go on a date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, they're going to go on a date eventually. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, Comic book crew. They're at Wildstorm offices. They've driven up there for the day. Um, Summer decides she's going to go powder her nose or do whatever it is that girls do in the bathroom whenever they go to the bathroom. What did you think it was, Chelsea? Wild what? Wildwood. Wildwood, okay. So they're they're at Wildwood. 
Um, and Zach talks, says something offhand about how like, man, it's crazy. She's so OCD. It's going to be really hard when we go backpacking in Europe. You know, the old exposition thing that he likes to do. Turns out uh, his sister's getting married in Tuscany and he and Summer are going to be backpacking. But don't worry, they're actually going to leave um, early uh, from Tuscany and go backpacking to, you know, Cinque Terre, uh, other places like that, uh, which actually in Italian means five Earth. So turns out that the, uh, the very foolish comic book guy who decided to get a meeting with a bunch of high schoolers from Wildstorm is his uh, flight was a delayed. douchebag, right? Yeah, he's the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, have, I forgot his flight ticket delayed first. I have thoughts about that guy. His flight's delayed. He is in uh, still in Japan doing stuff. And so they are going to, um, Wildstorm is going to set up the, uh, the, the trio in a hotel. And they have Which a joint makes thing absolutely rooms. no sense that they like, couldn't figure this out ahead of time. Again, instead of right now being like, hey, call them before they come to San Diego and say, we can't do this today. But instead, let's just spend hundreds of dollars putting them up in a hotel room. Because, like, the meeting would have had to be before 5, which means if they got there right before 5, they could still get back to Orange County before 6.30 p.m. So I don't understand any of this, but um, I guess they had to find a way to force uh, these star-crossed lovers together. Wow, I, guys, my COVID vaccine is hitting me. So I just want to say, I, okay, if I'm Seth, I would much rather uh, just take a bunch of melatonin and pass out than do what he did, which was like stay up all night for some reason. I guess he was trying to listen if they were fucking or something. I don't know. Yeah, was he, did he have his ear pressed up against the door? That's With like weird. a water glass? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God. So um, Ryan uh, shows up to Caleb's house because he had promised Lindsay that he would apologize because that's all she wants for Valentine's Day. And he's like, okay, I'll try it. So he goes to try and apologize to Caleb and it does not go very well. I, uh, I think we all kind of expected that, but Ryan, what are your thoughts? Uh, thanks, Dylan. If, I can just take over if you need me to. Um, oh, no, I just heard, I heard you make a mouth sound, which I think meant like you're preparing to say something. No, it just was. It's oh, exactly kinda what like kind of like Ryan Atwood. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> it was uh, like you said, exactly what we thought. Like, there's no way that like there's no way it was just going to be like, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. OK, cool. Let's be friends. Like we knew that wasn't going to happen. The fact that he had to do this twice, though, in the same episode over like a 10 minute span of episode uh, was probably was a little too much. Yeah, they could so, have just done the pool thing the first time. It said they have to make it two separate trips. Yeah, so we have a uh, we have some fun time uh, before the next big Ryan and Caleb thing happens, and we fill that time with one of the most bizarre and unnecessarily funny scenes in season two. Uh, Sandy and Max meet up uh, to chat <laughs> to talk about things, and uh, Sandy's like, "Hey, you want?" Some it's so dumb. It's so bad. He's like, hey, you want some coffee? And uh, and Max is like, oh, I quit that stuff years ago. I wish I would have done it sooner. I wish I would have started drinking green tea earlier because it would have helped me. Remember? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not doing well health-wise. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Sandy goes, well, I'll go over to this diner and see if I can get you some green tea. It's almost as if he's saying, well, let me go and get you some greasy fries and a cup of coffee uh, while I leave you by this rushing water. So he leaves. By the time he gets back, it's not Max that, is... It's not that different. That I'm, so glad you, I'm so glad you didn't say the last word in that sentence. But it's so different or so similar to Ryan leaving Lindsay by the water, which yeah. is drunk. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, doesn't work out. He comes back and homeboy decided to have his stroke right then and die on the bench. And the first thing I thought about is what is Sandy going to do with that green tea now? He but, 
super dead. That's two episodes in a row. We've had some version of like a stroke or a heart attack. Now we're really du- we're really dipping into the old people. Yeah, uh, the having uh, health problems. The death count is is rising quickly. It's not it's not a good thing. So okay, let me let me point out right here because there's a lot of repeated scenarios going on in this episode. Like this uh-huh. is basically the exact same thing that happened in Palm Springs. Only Summer was on the other side of it with Anna and Seth. And then the other thing that this reminded me of is, uh, you know, Kirsten's ex, the ex love of her life, Jimmy, who also kissed her recently. Um, Totally different dynamic with those three, even though Jimmy is like a part of the family. He's basically Uncle Jimmy to the kids. Um, I just very different reactions to very similar situations. No, they I have, like that. Yeah, it's like what's on. They have like three different things they know how to do. They're just going to circle the characters in and out of those three situations. It's dumb. So we have this really brief scene of uh, of of Sandy and Rebecca on the beach, and he's probably telling her, you know, hey, your dad died when I was getting him tea. <laughs> and uh, Hallmark, and hug- Hallmark doesn't make that card. And, and they're hugging. Um, so I don't know what that means for them. But anyway, so we go back to the Wildwood lobby where Seth is doing one of my favorite Seth things um, from the OC. And he's clearly, he's only slept 15 minutes. He tells us that. And he's just chugging a, a triple shot um, espresso latte, espresso, drumming his hand. He's just freaking out and things are not going to be good. Summer and Zach don't actually seem too excited about the meeting, but um, don't worry. Mr. Bernstein or Bernstein, not sure how he pronounces it. He's uh, he's there. He's ready to meet with them. So he welcomes these three miners into his office uh, to talk about this comic book and talk about the pitch and talk about everything. And Seth absolutely blows it um, because I guess this had, this was the most Dylan thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm flattered. But so Seth blows it Mm. and um, no one's happy. And he, um, Mr. Bernstein has the most bizarre last line before he kicks them out of his office. And he says, get back to me, pause, after After high school. school. So what did he expect was going to happen? Exactly. Like, did he not want to meet with them? Did he knew they were from high school? Like, what did he expect? I agree completely. Also... Uh, I believe a couple weeks ago, I asked you, Chelsea, about Mm -hmm. the coat that Seth was wearing whenever he went to go visit Alex, uh, when he stole his grandpa's car to go impress her. Mm -hmm. He's wearing the same coat. It's the same coat he wore in this episode. It's like a dark blue. It's like a long blazer almost. I'm very into this coat. I've noticed it twice Well, weirdly enough, another coat actually made this week's outfit of the episode. Um, And it was Ryan's corduroy Sherpa-lined jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's personality. I have that same. I have that same coat. I got it from Little Abercrombie when I was in eighth grade. Um, I straddled a strange line um, between when friend Chelsea, groups. Say this is like right when Chelsea was uh, making kids' bot videos. Your kids' bot I money. I know. So like yeah. little Chelsea, I went. I went to Hot Topic and I got pieces of flair and I put pieces of flair like on the Sherpa collar. Um, wow. And then I outgrew that one, so I got another one at regular Abercrombie in high school, and I still own that that jacket. It's still in <laughs> I my closet. Uh, and, I, and I filled out a job application. Yeah, and, and I got to work there, so I got that uh, that jacket for a good discount. But I don't know. I, yeah. I'm one of those. Uh, people might not believe it seeing me nowadays because I basically live in uh, sweatsuits. 
but I love fashion. Um, I love good staple pieces that you can kind of mix and match. And like, you know, I love street style, which is why me and TikTok get along really well. But I have pieces from 15 years ago that I still cherish and have in my closet and take good care of and bust out on occasion. And uh, my brown corduroy jacket with Sherpa lining is one of them. And Ryan had the exact same one, which I thought was kind of cool. I love it. Mm -hmm. Big jug head energy. Oh, yeah. So the rest of this episode kind of moves pretty quickly. Um, first of all, we go back to the, um, the Caleb mansion. And Ryan has decided he wants to go for round two. He's going to speak in a language that only Caleb understands. And he challenges Caleb to a game of pool. And hold on, what were the stakes? If Caleb wins, Ryan will, quote, stay out of his way, mm -hmm. which is nice and vague. Sure. And if Ryan wins, Caleb has to accept Ryan as Lindsay's boyfriend. I have thoughts. So, so the share them. The problem is not that Caleb disagrees with Ryan being Lindsay's boyfriend. Caleb disagrees with everything. Caleb hates Ryan. So, like, yeah. he's basically saying, like, acknowledge me as Lindsay's boyfriend. But that's not even close to the problem. The problem is Caleb hates you because he thinks you're a gold digger. Like, I don't understand why that was the, the statement that was made. Um, as Ryan walks into the house for the second time, Lindsay did not know he was coming. It's Valentine's Day. He walks in and he goes, I want to talk to him again. It'll only take a few hours. Wow. And allegedly... Lindsay's just like outside waiting on them the entire time because yeah. as soon as the game is over, as soon as the game is over, it's Ryan opens the door and goes, come on in. And she's like right there. So she's just been waiting for hours. And I believe it was hours because one, they played a best of seven pool, which That's is ridiculous. insane. That would take four days, I feel like, to do. <laughs> But they did best of seven. Also, the shots that it shows them making are okay, but it shows them missing some really easy shots. I'm like, they're not good at pool. <laughs> this would absolutely take several hours in a best of seven with two guys who don't know how to play pool. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay's just out there the whole time. And uh, the the point of the whole point of it was Ryan wins. And Caleb's like, okay, go have a fun date. Here's some money. And Ryan's like, I don't want to hang out with her. You hang out with her. And I was like, no one still still no one wants to hang out with Lindsay. Yeah. Poor girl. So while while they're still playing pool, um, we go back to San Diego where Seth is dejected, uh, probably crashing after his caffeine um, high and sitting on the bed by himself, clearly kind of upset with himself and the whole situation. And Summer is kind of chill about it. And she walks in and she pretty much says, you know, if you have something to say to me, I mean, say it now. And Seth doesn't say anything he's like nope we're good he doesn't say anything he's given the chance he does nothing and um he determines that he's just going to take the bus home rather than have to deal with riding back with him which is perfect because zach and summer have decided they're going to stay another night i really like zach's energy mm -hmm. in this scene i feel like we haven't ever gotten he's not really aggro zach but he's just he's like stern I'm, yeah, I'm over it. I'm done with you for now, mm -hmm. Seth. He's mature. Yeah, Zach. like usually usually when someone's like, I'll take the bus, someone's like, oh no, I'll take you. But Seth's like, I'll take the bus. And Zach's like, cool with me. Yeah, good. Yep. Like you, you need to, you need, we need space. And so we, uh, we, we kind of end that scene and we go back to uh, Sandyland. And Sandy and Kirsten are getting good. ready to, thank you, to go to McDonald's. And they somehow managed to get a reservation um, the day before Valentine's Day. And of course, 
Chekhov cell phone rings and it is Rebecca and Rebecca's like, Hey, I've decided to leave tonight on Valentine's day, despite the fact that I know you're married. And so this is the only time that you're going to be able to see me. And I was really wanting for you to say goodbye to me in person, mm-hmm. which puts Sandy in an awkward position, but not it really. Doesn't. All, all he would have to say is no. no. I have a date with my wife. This is the moment, but this is the moment that I talked about the very beginning of this podcast seven years ago. Um, when I said mm-hmm. that, like, uh, there are moments in this series that, like, I just completely forgot about. And this was one of them whenever he has to yeah. choose. And he's like, Are you going to go or not? And Sandy goes, I'll be right back. And, like, I audibly was just like, No. That was such good acting. Kirsten, like, she did such, she did such a good job because she does that thing where it's like, She's of course she's not going to forbid him from doing something, but she's she's like going to give him the freedom and hope that he chooses the right way and he doesn't. So again, another which, kind of test. Well, she also doesn't mm-hmm. say what I thought she was going to say. It was like, oh no, you should go. Like you should go, which at which would have been a test. But she actually makes it even more clear that she doesn't want him to go by just saying like, you can go if you want, which is way mm-hmm. different. Yes, and Sandy, who has quote unquote been lied to by the best can't seem to figure this one out and he goes to kiss a girl he hasn't seen for 22 years because that is what happens it's it's gotten to a place now where it does feel very on purpose what she's doing because at first you could chalk it up to like oh this is just how the writers are setting it up in this crazy situation but now she's just like well if you've already missed your date with her you could stay with me and it's Mm -hmm. like oh god what's he doing yeah what's he doing get out of there i just and I just, I do, I, I want to finish up kind of their storyline because that line, the kiss was bad. That line was bad. And then you come back and, and I was almost like, good for you, Kirsten, when she's walking up and Sandy's walking up and she just shuts the door on him. And that look of just dejection that we see. That scene was on, so uh, fucking good. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a very interesting and very good mirror, I feel like, to what was going on with, with Seth. Just kind of like how he's realizing my stupid decisions have screwed this up completely. And now Sandy's seen the same thing. So interesting stuff. He's riding back on the bus, speaking of Seth. And uh, we have this nice scene of Zach and Summer who do what all underage people in hotels do. And order they order a whole bunch of room service and they're eating it in bed fully clothed. And uh, Summer gets a phone call from Seth who decides, oh, wait, no, there probably is something that I want to tell you. Too little, too late, bro. She hangs up and says, hey, I think it's time we take this relationship one step further, Zach, which you know what that means, kids. Time to meet his Um, parents again. Yep. (laughs) Round two. Um, So that's kind of where where, where that scene ends, where that storyline ends. Uh, So we flash back real quick to Caleb and to Ryan. Caleb pulls a Goldfinger and realizes he's about to lose, so tries to start cheating a little bit by using psychological um, manipulation by just talking crap while Ryan's trying to play. And um, it doesn't work. Ryan wins. And in just the ultimate power move, I loved this power move by Ryan. He uh, doesn't talk to Caleb at all. He beats him. And he's like, okay. And then he goes, opens the door, lets Lindsay in. And Caleb's like, okay, fine. Here, you know, go on a date on me. And Ryan just goes, no, it's all right. You all can do something. He just leaves. That was such a good power move yeah. by Ryan. Yeah. Do you guys have I thoughts have, on that? No, I think that Lindsay probably wants to hang out with her boyfriend on Valentine's Day. So I don't agree that was a good power move. 
<laughs> against Caleb. I think it was a power yeah. move. Um, I think it was Ryan trying to extend an olive branch. But I don't know. There was something about this whole thing just like struck me strange. Like it they're battling over this woman, like, and she has no say in it. She's in the other room. It's just so primitive. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, it's almost it's, like it a... is a terrible, dumb thing to do, but it works because you can tell that Caleb like it respects him a little more now. So um, the last scene that we have is Marissa going back to the bait shop after she has dinner with her mom, which we talked about five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this really sweet but also kind of weird thing where alex is like you know, i'm gonna go out to the beach for the turning of the tides it's kind of this thing i do whenever there's a no, big dude, change. okay i want to let me just say this you, you do it yeah. because do it. this scene the the end of this episode really surprised me because i completely didn't i di- i truly didn't know which direction sandy was going to go whenever he had to choose between rebecca and kirsten and like when he chose rebecca i was mad because i just don't yeah. remember this shit like i said at the beginning but then i got like emotional at the end of this episode because mm-hmm. marissa comes back from the dinner with her mom and Alex didn't know she was coming. And she says, and she gets, in my opinion, up to this point, it's probably recency bias, one of just the realest moments of anyone on this show where Marissa's like, yeah, your technique worked, but what really got me through it more than anything else was knowing that I could just come here and see you afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so oh, that's good and real. Like, that's real life shit, not, oh, she burned down a nuclear lab, or did she? Like, that the thing with Marissa <laughs> yeah. and Alex was good and real. And the thing that really, like, threw me for a loop is that... uh I'll just one of my favorite things as a DJ, especially at like my dance parties, is to play songs that someone that people just forgot that they just have been like, oh mm-hmm. my god, I forgot about this song, but I know every word to it. I just haven't heard it in fifteen years, and like that's the moment I had in this in this moment with the yeah. song, the Eve, the Apple of My Eye by Bell X One. I just completely forgot about it, and it's mm-hmm. such a good song, and it made that scene with Alex and Marissa even better, and it also made that scene with Sandy and Kirsten even better, where she's shutting them out. Like it's, mm-hmm. it worked so well on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. That moment was so pure, and um, as I said earlier, their relationship was wholesome, which is mm-hmm. cool and unexpected. And they could have gone a way different route, you know, it being a TV show. I really do feel that in this episode, especially in that mm-hmm. scene, that they are like very There's, into each other. They have a really good connection. Like sweetness. I love them together. I love them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 and it's it's just so refreshing knowing that this was the kind of story being told in two thousand five. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's 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 layered and it's nuanced and uh, and I really I want so badly to make a joke, but I don't want to because I just liked it so much. It's so good, but like the episode ends, and I really thought they were going to go there. Like the episode ends because I feel like this does happen maybe in the next episode. But the episode ends with Ryan and Seth together. They both being like kind of like, oh, we're like we're not going to hang with our girls tonight, so we're going to go to the mm-hmm. diner together, I guess. And it ends with them at like walking down the pier, and then it also cuts to Alex and Marissa at the beach, mm-hmm. and like they're having a moment, and they have their first kiss. I think it's their first kiss, and so they're like mm-hmm. making out on the beach. And I really expected it to cut back to Ryan and Seth seeing them kiss because one, that's such an OC thing to do. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. so, two oh. people saw someone kissing, but also it's such a 2005 thing to do to to have Seth probably be like, oh. Oh, two hot girls kissing. Yeah, and like their ex-girlfriends, like Luke flies in from Portland. <laughs> <laughs> go see that. Uh, but yeah, they didn't do either of those things. So good job, OC. I'm assuming that it happens soon, probably the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's Lonely Hearts. We did it. Wow. We've only been recording for what feels like 12 hours, but it's only been what three, <laughs> two. Okay. I think. I think the ama- and the amazing thing about it is, I just want the listeners to know that. 
my episode lasted exactly as long as the last one did, but it just felt longer. Oh yeah. I, yeah, this is what happens when we let Dylan go second. <laughs> but we got through it. We did it. Good job, guys. I'm proud of us. Uh, shout out to my parents' house. If you would like to, uh, to to talk to us, you can send us an email to coenspod at gmail.com. C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. I leave space there now, even when I just say it. Um, I can hear it happening in my head. I and hear Harold going, I love this. I know. Uh, or you can find us on Instagram. Chelsea's killing it over on Instagram at Cohen's Pod. Once again, C O H E N S P O D. Find us over there. Talk to us. Some people have DM'd us. It's been really nice. Uh, Chelsea's killing it with with the content. Good job, Chelsea. Uh, Dylan, you want to talk about reviews? Yes, I I want more reviews, everybody. We had a lot of great reviews. Thirty two actually for season one. I want to see that number doubled if possible for season two. But I understand that not everyone has time to write a full review. Um, if you don't, that's fine. Uh, shoot us a rating. It just takes the time to click that fifth star and make sure you give us five stars. Um, that's the best way you can help us with this halo effect coming. Mm-hmm. And I think the halo effect is probably already shown up. Oh yeah. If uh if this episode is airing when I think it is. Yeah. So you all have probably already listened to the first May. episode. Yeah. This is the, uh, you all have already heard our competition, um, which is Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark's uh, awesome podcast. But um, I want to make sure that when people type in the OC, the first two podcasts that pop up are the official one from the people in the OC and then ours for the people that actually know the deep and dark secrets of this show here at Keeping Up with the Coens. So please give us a rating, give us a review. It's the best way you can help us. The more ratings and reviews that we have, the more likely it is that I will cease filibustering and just simply make sure that I'm giving you all content. So you wow. can stop is that a threat? this madness. No, it's a promise. You're basically threatening us by saying, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing unless you give us reviews, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I am threatening you all mm-hmm. through them, Perfect. our listeners. Uh, yeah, so Chelsea, would you, you have anything to say, by the way? Do you want to tag um, on to any of this? No, not really. I just, um, I mean, it's feeling real. I'm feeling really good lately, uh, kind of feeling like the end is near to this strange Chelsea, Chelsea year. took her Vicodin like an hour ago, so she's just hitting now. Oh my gosh, no, I'm like, I'm just, it, I, I've, I've been really, you know, they call me <laughs> the helium queen because I uh, do events and balloon installations lately. It's one of my companies. I actually, this is crazy. I had to start a third uh, company uh, to do my rentals out of because the insurance is different than it is with balloons. So I own three companies now. Crazy, huh? Wow. I know. This is only one of them. Oh, well, you guys still, I mean, this podcast still very high priority of mine. It's still in my Instagram bio. (laughs) So again, now I feel like Chelsea's threatening us. Like this is a high priority for now. Oh, no. You're going to take Donovan. I'm not going to yeah, take Donovan. Write- no, you guys saw my ire against him. I'm not going to take Donovan. Yeah, you're yeah, going to Dylan's going to go full Marissa. He's going to be cr- openly weeping whenever you tell us you have to go to Japan. <laughs> or Hawaii. <laughs> Sorry, Hawaii. <laughs> um, okay. Well, oh, I just have a really good it. TikTok idea. Woo. Ooh. Wow. Make sure to follow us on, follow us on the uh, gram so you can see the talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Gidget. That'll be it for us. They'll see you. Uh, we'll see you a week from now, and we'll be better. I promise. I need to sign off every episode by saying next week will be better. I promise. Well, don't make promises you can't keep, man. 